0: This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flag, reporting from Tallahassee where the Surgeon General actually appeared at the Governor's Daily Update on the COVID-19 pandemic.
1: We cannot let our guard down at this present time until we get a vaccine, which is a while off, this is going to be our new normal, and we need to adapt and protect ourselves.
0: Scott Rivkes used to be a regular at these briefings, but this is the first time he's shown up in a couple of weeks. The latest stats from the health department show Florida has more than 21,000 confirmed cases and 499 fatalities from COVID-19, including 38 deaths in the past 24 hours. The governor and the Department of Health are still refusing to provide the names of all the nursing homes and adult living facilities that have cases of coronavirus. They are, however, sending National Guard strike teams to increase testing at those facilities. A new report in the Miami Herald says Florida's unemployment compensation system was doomed to fail because the computer system's architecture was already outdated when it was created back in 2013. It was never updated and has reached the end of its operational lifespan. On the Sunrise interview, we talk with Scott Shalley of the Florida Retail Federation about a new effort by business leaders to provide a roadmap for getting back to work. They call it RESET, Restore Economic Strength Through Employment and Tourism. Translation, get your butts back to work. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and the latest from Florida Man, who beat the crap out of a fellow inmate when he asked for a courtesy flush. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, April 14th. Welcome back to Florida Surgeon General Scott Rivkes, who runs the state health department. Rivkes was a regular when the governor began doing his daily briefings on the coronavirus pandemic, but he's been absent for a couple of weeks. Now he's back, not exactly at the governor's side, but six feet away. And he says social distancing is here to stay until there's a vaccine, maybe in a year or so
1: we've had a five point plan in the fight against COVID-19 first social distancing. How do we uh, reduce our risk for getting this virus testing, expansion and contact tracing? This is a way we can stop person to person transmission. How are we protecting the elderly and the vulnerable members of our society? As we've heard, this virus is particularly harsh on the elderly, preparing hospitals for the surge and protecting our health care workers. And also, how do we stop the introduction of this virus into our state? And also, most importantly, the introduction of this into nursing homes and other facilities. Where are we? We are essentially at a plateau with a slight increase in number of cases over the past week. The percent positive of individuals testing uh, positive for COVID-19 really for the past 10 days has been remained stable at about 11%. The number of individuals in the hospital has hospitals have remained stable over the past week with about 2000 hospitalizations per day and same for individuals in the intensive care units. We've been stable at about 800 individuals over the course of the state 650 individuals um, on uh, ventilators in intensive care units. Uh, This virus again is particularly harsh on the elderly. The elderly account for about 30% of hospitalizations, but about 60% of deaths. We are continuing to follow the trends very carefully. Uh, We are, as always, we are preparing for the worst, but hoping for the best. We need to continue to focus on the measures which can protect us all against COVID-19. Again, wish to emphasize the importance of avoiding crowds, six foot spacing. If we are going to be in gatherings, should be less than 10 individuals. We should all consider wearing a mask in public in the event that some of us are asymptomatic spreaders. Certainly do not work when we are sick. And again, for the elderly, these individuals need to avoid going out in public and certainly avoid contact with individuals who are ill. Uh, we are at a plateau situation, but cannot emphasize enough that we cannot let our guard down at this present time until we get a vaccine which is a while off, this is going to be our new normal, and we need to adapt and protect ourselves.
0: The entire state is still under a stay-at-home order, and most people are going along. But Miami City Commissioner Ken Russell says some folks in his town still haven't figured out this whole social distancing thing, let alone how to use protective masks.
2: I, I think it's very unfortunate that because of the shortage of masks early on in the crisis, misinformation was spread by the government and the press that masks are actually dangerous, that masks could actually cause you to spread because of the touching and, and of adjusting of the mask. It's, it's common practice. My wife's a, a veterinarian doctor, but she she has explained to me why masks of any sort are helpful. The more uh, uh, subsumption of the mask, the, the more helpful it is, but any covering is helpful to some extent uh, to keep us from uh, creating any aspirated projectile that could uh, get, to, get to another person or that you could take in from another person. So now the policy is finally uniform, uh, that it is recommended for people to wear masks as much as possible and that within in certain um, uh, locations, it's, it's mandatory now, grocery stores, restaurants, pharmacies. Uh, you should be wearing one when you enter one of those places and the people that are working there should be wearing, uh, wearing them as well. We are still having people out there in their exercising world, really violating the social distancing rules. And that's causing us to have more and more stringent closures. So please, when you go out and if you go out, really make sure to distance yourself and be respectful of others. One of the misconceptions people have when they're out exercising, and you'll see this, uh, is that they feel that if it's someone they know, that subconsciously they're less likely to be infected. So you'll, you'll see a friend that you jog with or a personal trainer that you hang out with that you haven't seen in a week, and you'll go right up to them and start exercising. That should be a no-no because just because you know them, you have no idea who they've been in contact with for the last two weeks, and they may not keep track of it. So even when you're out exercising, even if it's your neighbor, please maintain that six-foot distance or greater or greater.
0: The state continues to ramp up testing for COVID-19, and Governor Ron DeSantis has given the National Guard a new mission. They're creating strike teams to visit nursing homes and adult living facilities.
3: I am directing the Florida National Guard to create more strike teams to significantly ramp up testing and long-term care facilities. They have already visited and tested, I believe, hundreds of residents in South Florida with the National Guard strike teams. Uh, We are going to expand that to have 10 teams of four and we'll probably expand it beyond there uh, as long as we have enough uh, equipment and PPE and they will begin their mission in the counties that are being most affected by COVID-19. So primarily in Southeast Florida. They'll be taking samples from all willing individuals in each facility, both staff and residents. It's critical to identify people who test positive as early as possible and this will help us do that. One of the things that we've learned is you can have someone come in the staff, you can do a temperature check, you can check for symptoms, but people do carry this virus without a fever without being symptomatic and so you need to have a strike team going in and aggressively testing to try to preempt that Uh, and what we found in a lot of these long-term facilities is the spread is more significant amongst the staff Um, but it's not that they weren't following the protocols in some cases they were it's just somebody didn't show symptoms and so doing strike teams I think will be good for the residents but I also think it'll be good to identify this with staff so that the appropriate staff can be be isolated and we could prevent an outbreak among staff at nursing home and long-term care facilities. So this is an important uh, additional protection, an additional step, um, and I wanna thank the Florida National Guard for responding very quickly uh, when we asked them to do it.
0: So far, almost 1,000 residents and workers at Florida's adult living facilities have tested positive for coronavirus the miami herald reports that florida's computer portal for filing unemployment claims used outdated technology when it was created back in 2013 and the architecture hasn't been upgraded since then which pretty much guaranteed the system would fail when the pandemic hit we've all heard the horror stories about trying to file for unemployment in florida but state representative nick duran of miami says things appear to be getting better
4: the reality of it is is a lot of folks are losing their jobs and a lot of folks are trying to figure out how to make ends meet and trying to go to a system that was built there for one purpose, to provide uh, folks with at least a level platform to make those ends meet, to kind of keep them moving uh, along as they kind of deal with what is unemployment. And our system, and it's, it's, no, it's no secret, is it, it is a disaster. It has been a disaster since it started. Uh, and unfortunately, we seem to be two steps behind when it comes to realizing that some of these programs like this had to be ready to go as we see that people are now stuck at home and businesses are gonna to have to start letting people go or furloughing individuals. We've had a lot of back and forth conversations with, with the unemployment, the Department of Economic Opportunity. They rolled out a new website and they've done a lot of capacity building over the, and, and on, a, on a scramble. So it's costed quite a bit of money. And this is the uh, goes to the old adage that you spend up front, and if you don't spend up front, you end up spending quite a bit more uh, and we've spent close to a hundred, I think it's about close to a hundred million dollars just to build the, emer- the, the capacity that we need right now to handle the system. So they now have 72 new servers. They've hired call centers with hundreds of individuals uh, that they have trained over the course of the last week. They're all in place right now. I know that it's starting to work a bit more uh, because a lot of the individuals, the constituents who call our office and ask for some assistance are getting through now.
0: But no matter how many band-aids the state slaps on the unemployment system, Miami-Dade County Commissioner Daniela Levine-Cava says the damage has been done.
2: The Office of Economic Opportunity said even with the new personnel and the website, which is not all that different from what I've understood, that they can only process about 80,000 applications per week, and we're up at about a half a million. With And then all the other people that couldn't get on that are submitting paper, So they're going to be buried, and people have already been waiting three weeks a month. Even if they were able to get through, they're waiting for their checks. So I don't know what more can be done. I'm quite, quite frustrated about this.
0: But Governor DeSantis says things are getting better at the State Unemployment Office and more people are getting through. The DeSantis administration has already spent more than $100 million trying to find workarounds for the faulty computer system, but that's for call centers and paper forms, not computers. The IT experts consulted by the Miami Herald told them the Connect system has reached the end of its lifespan and needs to be replaced. Florida Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed launches the Keep Florida Growing webpage. It's a one-stop online portal with the COVID-19 food and agriculture-related information for farmers, ranchers, consumers, even the news media. She made the official announcement on social media. Insert Nikki Freed, fresh from Florida, web tees.
4: Hi, I'm Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed. Florida's farmers are the best in the world. The coronavirus has made it tough to sell their crops. You can help. Look for Fresh from Florida logo in your grocery store. Ask for Florida-grown products or visit a youth farm To learn more, visit keep slash growing. That's yes, F-D-A-C-S dot gov slash East Florida Growing.
0: Consumers can find all sorts of food-related information, including a U-Pick farm locator where farm-fresh produce can be found. Consumers can also find information on the department's food assistance programs. Next up on the Sunrise interview, we talk with Scott Shalley of the Florida Retail Federation, who is one of the chairs of a new group designed to get Florida back to business after the COVID crisis. This is Sunrise from Florida Politics. Welcome back to Sunrise. Associated Industries of Florida, the Florida Retail Federation, the National Federation of Independent Business, and the Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association have just created a task force to get Florida back to work. Retail Federation President Scott Shalley is one of the co-chairs of Restore Economic Strength Through Employment and Tourism that will try to come up with policy recommendations and initiatives to help Florida's economy rebound from the effects of COVID-19.
5: Yeah, it's called RESET, basically restore economic strength to employment and tourism. And it's uh, something that's come about very quickly. Uh, I think all of the groups that are, are involved here, and it's a, a really impressive array of uh, business interests, tourism interests, manufacturing interests. Uh, we're, we're in the middle of the storm right now, and we're we're taking a lot of hits, and we have a lot of people hurting and a lot of people out of work. Um, And it just occurred to some of us that we need to start thinking about the rebound. We need to start thinking about moving forward. I, I speaking specifically for FRF, we've never uh, tried to weigh in with the governor with regard to when and whether or not people should be working. Uh, we think those are decisions that uh, are very difficult that have to be rely upon healthcare professionals to make it to make those decisions and. And we respect his ability to, to, to make those calls based on the input he gets. But we do know uh, that at some point people will and have to get back to work and it'll be done in a responsible manner um, subject to all the healthcare input. And we just wanted to try to start to put together uh, our ideas uh, on behalf of the many millions of employees that these groups represent uh, to provide some clarity. Uh, on what may be a staged return to work or what may be a, uh, an incremental return uh, to where we have some level of um, clarity and uniformity in, in how that happens. This is unprecedented territory, and uh, um, we just want to try to use our cumulative uh, knowledge to make some recommendations.
0: So what is the potential recommendation that you see coming from this task force? I mean, how do you help people get back to work? Well,
5: again, with all deference to the science and the health, which I think is cannot be overstated enough. um, Obviously, um, there's a lot of pain being felt, but we have to be respectful of the science and the the deadly nature of the disease. But I do think that as uh, there's a comfort level with regard to the tracking of the diagnoses, that um, this is likely to be a process by which um, incrementally, uh, potentially the governor, potentially local governments start to uh, ease and allow some of uh, ease restrictions and allow people to get back to work. Uh, specific to my world, of course, being the retail industry. Um, and, and what I would envision is is a very clear staged approach. Um, the, the key is not so much who's essential, who's non-essential, um, what people are doing. The key is how are they doing it? Are they doing it in a manner that they're they're socially distancing, whether they're exercising, whether they're shopping, uh, whatever they may be doing it, it, it is the right steps. And, and as the healthcare professionals get a handle on um, the number of diagnoses, the nature of the transmission disease, and feel more comfortable with people getting uh, closer and closer together, I, I see an incremental uh, process that leads us to Um, you know, normal, the new normal, maybe, but a level of normal. We went through and have gone through and continue to go through kind of the inverse of that, Rick, as we've gone into uh, the crisis in that we've seen an incremental um, tightening, but it's been a bit disjointed. And and that's no criticism of anyone. This is unprecedented territory. Uh, It's really an issue of, of, finding our way and nationwide using great disparity. So I think the lesson learned here is to say we first of all, what can we learn from that part of the process that we can apply to, um, the reemergence, uh, or the reset, if you will. Um, and then beyond that, are there recommendations for legislative action for the eventuality that we find ourselves in this situation? Again, which unfortunately, you know, I think most experts would say this is something that, that it could very well happen again in the future, and we we should uh, avail
0: ourselves of this learning opportunity to re- to be better at responding. How long do you think it's going to be before we all start to go stir crazy on this? Well, I'm I'm already there.
5: I can tell you as a dad with three kids at home, um, it, it's it's just a, a tremendous every single day. Uh, I get the question from people hey, how long will this go um, of course the, the governor and the president and and all the others you know above my pay grade have to answer it, or try to answer that question every day and then are judged on the, the answer um, uh, I, I think there's a lot of a lot of things out there that, that we're fortunate to have in terms of social media and some of the other connectivity uh, we've certainly seen a tremendous sense of humor from a lot of elements of our uh, our society on those platforms is is everybody just does their their best to make it through i think that the the challenge is just remembering or or the the tough part that this is we're in week five you know it's it hasn't been a year it's been five weeks basically uh and we're all being tested a little bit it's just so so out of the norm for the way that we normally interact with each other
0: You've been listening to Scott Shally, CEO of the Florida Retail Federation. Retailers provide one out of every five jobs in the Sunshine State. Your calendar of events begins with a meeting of the Suwannee River Water Management District Governing Board. It's happening remotely at 9 a.m. The St. John's River Water Management District Governing Board is meeting in real life at 10 o'clock in Palatka. The University of North Florida Board of Trustees meets online at 11. They'll discuss the university's response to the COVID-19 pandemic and receive a legislative update. The Board of Trustees of Florida State College at Jacksonville meet by conference call at 1. The Palm Beach State College Board of Trustees holds an online meeting at 1.30. And the Florida Gateway College Board of Trustees will meet in conference call at 5. And finally today, the continuing adventures of Florida Man. A Florida woman is accused of violating the state's coronavirus travel restrictions to hide Easter eggs filled with pornography in mailboxes throughout Flagler County. Officers found the suspect, 42-year-old Abril Castoni, after she made the mistake of concentrating several deliveries in a single area. Deputies say they found a bag full of pornographic material inside her vehicle, and she told them she'd distributed over 400 pamphlets in the past few days. She's charged with distributing obscene material, driving with a suspended license, violating the executive order that barred all non essential travel. By the way, the first of those plastic eggs were delivered on Palm Sunday. Finally, the sheriff's office in Monroe County says a Florida man beat his cellmate after an argument over farts and a request for a courtesy flush. 53-year-old Guilford Abshire was not happy that the 65-year-old man was stinking up their cell. The final straw came when Abshire used the toilet and the gas passer asked him for a courtesy flush to dissipate the stench. Deputies say Abshire started kicking the guy and then threw him across the cell, breaking his nose and three of his ribs.